welcome back to another episode of Bombarded. I am your dungeon maestro, Kyle, and I have with me my bards, of course. Hiya. Oh, hi there. And I am going to recap last episode, actually probably real quick, because it was montage, level up, and then a wedding. <laughs> of course, during the level up, we did retcon that Razzle contacted his brother to get in touch about, hey, meet us over at the bell. You know. Stuff's going to go down. It's fine. And during the wedding, of course, you know, we had a good time. Tabitha did show up just in the nick of time to see the ceremony finish up and whatnot and be a part of it. Uh, oh, you, know, you know what I was thinking was kind of nice? What? Is that Spurrier and I in real life played at your wedding too, Allie and Kyle. Wow. It's true. Oh. And you know what's funny? In real life, I officiate and write weddings. Oh. So like, wow. 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 And I've been to weddings. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anywho. But yeah, and of course, you know, there was partying and everything that went on afterwards. Orfell sang a song. You backed him up on it and partied on into the night and then at the end of it, Reed came to you saying, I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> but y'all decided, well, can it wait till the morning? And he was like, yeah. Uh, that being the recap. The Ooh. end. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, pretty quick. Fair enough. So from there, we're going to pick up where you three are waking up. You're getting your day started after a, a good night of festivities and everything. Yashi, you wake up and there's a note next to you where Tabitha was. Oh, no. And the note pretty much outlines like, hey, I got Symbol and Alfric to go with me to the Tomb of the Diz because I wanted to check them out. I thought it was going to be so much worse. Oh, my gosh. I just can't do this anymore. Right? Jeez. I've gone to join Mother. No. Sorry. Not to scare you. Sorry. Well, that'll be cute. Okay. Because in this timeline, we didn't go to the tomb, so all of the fun traps are still set up and stuff, right? Yes. And some loot. Oh, yeah. Get that chest back down. What was in that chest? The gym that you threw away? Yeah, Ooh, okay. Take two on the elemental. Nice. <laughs> can we call Tabitha and or Splasher Alfric and see if we can, if we can just have them bring <laughs> that stuff back? I mean, it's Symbol's freaking tomb. Like, you should be yeah. able to... He knows his way around. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so you, you call him up real quick and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I was gonna do that. Awesome. Oh, hey, there's also um, a couple books there that you should get for us. Yeah, um, I know. Oh, right. <laughs> They're mine. Did you put that mirror in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mine. Oh, bring that too. Hey, bring all the good stuff. Yeah, you got this. It sounds like he puts his hand over the eyeglass like, you all hearing this? Like, like <laughs> the man, I haven't even I haven't even worked off last night's party. And... <laughs> oh, wow. Hey. That is the end game, Splash. Get your head in the game. Focus, There's dude. no time to be sentimental, okay? Just grab that stuff. <laughs> I'm not sentimental. I'm just, you know, I'm still working off last night's celebration and okay. I'm over here making demands. I haven't even had coffee, didn't even have time to. We got up and went. That's sounds like a symbol problem, honestly. So, okay, we've been training and stuff, so... Well, simple problems are not simple problems. So. Oh, okay, great. Well, All right. Well, you guys are going to be a while, I guess. You know, it's not going to take as long to get through there or anything. I mean, it's my tomb. Oh, yeah. you know what you should do? Let Tabitha try to figure out the traps because she loves that kind of stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, do all that pitch class theory. That sounds so great. But then, like, you know, <laughs> if she's, like, about to die or something, like, don't let her. Don't worry. That won't yeah, happen, Yashi. Please, okay. Oh, and, and maybe, like, ask her about herself and what's going on with her eye and Darius Murr and stuff. Heck be good too. I'm sure we'll have a talk about good, it if good, we good. haven't. Ooh, berries. And the uh, call ends. Oh, no. oh. 
Okay. Oh, great. Well, awesome. I like that they're having a little field trip. I feel like Tabitha and Symbol just like miss school. Also, I feel like maybe this was Symbol's idea. And he's like, so if Symbol knows that Tabitha is a vessel for Darius Murr, maybe Symbol just wants to show off his sweet tomb to Darius Murr. Like, oh, look at oh, yeah, sure. all that cool stuff, Darius Murr. Look at what I got. Well, and this gives us the perfect opportunity because with her not here, we can safely do this read stuff. Yes, yes, oh, yes. Very good so, point. Good job, Cal. Good job, Cal. I mean, <laughs> all characters have motive. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, Yashi, you take this note and you get together with Randy and Razzle and come to the consensus that, hey, this is pretty opportune timing. So <laughs> as you're kind of coming to this conclusion, Reed steps out of his tree and just like, huh, you're awake. I was afraid that you wouldn't be in a condition to bear witness to the memories considering uh, the libations that were had around. And he looks around and you just see like the tribe is just kind of like lounged around. They they dropped where they dropped and they have not moved. Uh, it was a party. You know, we, we whipped up some cute potions and drank them before we uh, started <laughs> last night. So uh, we're good. Fine. We're solid. And the orcs all have like mustaches painted on them and like eyeglasses <laughs> and stuff. It's pretty great. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so what's up here? <laughs> the, the plant is ready. So please follow me. Okay. All right. And uh, Reed leads you into his tree. And as you enter, it looks like he's made it into a quaint little home for himself. The plant bed has literally become just that, a bed made of plants. And near this bed grows a hardy, thick-limbed plant that has the faint glow of Lyarion magic coursing through it. There are large oblong pods that hang from the branches of this plant, and as you walk by them, they start to quiver a little bit. (laughs) Reed turns and says, What you will see here are my memories of Yoku and the pivotal moments where his interests in the planar barriers started and ended. Uh, There are four specific memories that I'm going to show to you, but uh, all three of you will be seeing these moments as if through my eyes. I will be out here watching over you, making sure you're protected. Of course, there's plenty of others around to make sure everything stays fairly normal. But when you're ready, choose one of the pods on this plant and place your head inside when it opens. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, Come on now. I picked the coolest looking plant. This one's mine. No, it's mine. I'll be out of the way and stick my head in first. (laughs) And initiative gets rolled. Yeah. (laughs) All right, I'll take the one to the left. Here we go. As you tussle with each other over these seemingly identical (laughs) hanging pods, uh, they again begin to quiver as you approach. And as your face gets closer, they peel back, much like the egg from Alien, and lurch out and attach themselves to your head. (laughs) What a surreal experience. <laughs> As that happens, your senses begin to fade away. All 18 of them, apparently, right. from yeah. our recent sure. expose into that. Absolutely. But all of those begin to fade away, and you feel like you are just falling down a well of sorts. As you do, you catch glimpses of this fantastical land of gleaming spires, blue, cloudy skies. It seems serene. And then you fall into place as what you know to be Redaba. And I want to cover something real quick before we get into these memories and talk about how this is going to work. Essentially, while Yashi, Randy, and Razzle will be seeing things through Redaba's eyes, you players, you're going to be playing the individual characters that are in these scenes. So we'll be making these memories more or less together. And however you react or interpret what is going on as the character that you will be embodying 
that is essentially going to be the memory. I have a couple hard and fast things that I have written for these memories, but more or less other small details that you add in will become canon. And oh, whatever gets right. added in will be part of the memory, and uh, I'll do my best to work with it moving forward. Whatever happens may become part of Reed at this point in the current timeline. What? So, oh, no. I'm going to try to work with it. I want to have a little bit of fun and do something different and see how this goes. But uh, before we get into it, I've got some characters for you. All so right. let's take a moment, hand those out, let's read over them, and we will be right back. Okay, so you've got your characters. You know who you're going to be playing. Just to go down it real quick, <laughs> Allie, you're going to be playing Redaba. Yes. Spurrier's going to be playing a character named Kambiata, and Goodrich is going to be playing a character named Trill, and I will be playing Yoku. Da, da, da. Now, for those of you at home, I will give you descriptors of what you would see from an outside perspective, but Yashi, Randy, and Razzle will all be seeing essentially through Ali's experience as Redaba. Right. right. Makes sense? Yep. Yeah. Basically, it's like collaborative high lore building for the Lyarians. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. Go, go, go. <laughs> so, that being said, let me paint the scene of what you three fell into and see through Redaba's eyes. So, for those of you at home, we see three people wearing silvery robes sitting at a table, starting to compare notes. One person has thin black hair that frames a narrow-featured face, and he fidgets nervously while rifling through his bag, pulling out loose-leaf papers. Across from him sits a person with broad shoulders. Their haircut is a flat-top fade that goes down to a strong jawline, and they sit with overly proper posture, their arms folded in front of their chest, and a single notebook lies on the table in front of them. Lastly, there sits a woman with a silver asymmetrical bob cut who is peering through octagonal lensed glasses at a notebook marked with section dividers. And we start there. Hooey, y'all. You know, I am exhausted oh after that lecture. Oh, these 8 a.m. Oh, classes are killing me. Boy, howdy. Wish you all right. Oh, where are all my notes? I just can't find them. They're all over the place. No. You know, you know I wrote down notes. I got my sections all divided up. Uh, oh, thank you, Redaba. Oh, well, of course, yeah. Well, you know, I thought maybe we could, you know, have a quick chat about the, the lecture, though. I mean, what uh, an interesting topic, you know? The timbers as an jammers. element of transmutational magic? Wow. Yeah, I didn't understand a lick of it, but it sure seemed exciting. Oh, jeez. Well, I just wish I could find all my pencil. Oh, trail, trail, trail. One notebook. Oh. One notebook. You see? Oh, yeah. That's how oh, you do it. You're right. right. <laughs> it is at this point that a man of ample size carrying a satchel quickly walks in, his freckled face beaming with excitement from under a hooded robe. He sits down, pulling a hood back, revealing a bramble bush of dark red hair. About time, uh, uh, Yoku. Yeah, where you been? I, yeah, I, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I'm late, and I know this happens frequently. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, Every, everything okay though? Or? Oh, don't worry, everything's fine. I'm actually uh, all right. You got a weird look in your face. Well, you know how I have that itch sometimes. I just gotta scratch it. Uh, you want me to help you as on your back again? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not all on my right, back. Maybe no, later. but uh, y'all mind taking us? I know we're I know we're here to talk about the lecture. Oh, this we're morning. about to get into the timbers. <laughs> well, you know, maybe them timbers can hold on just a second. <laughs> Because I've discovered something, and I want you all to have a look-see. And Yoku starts to rifle through his bag, and he pulls out an object resembling a spyglass. Looks like there's been modifications made to it. And he sets it on the table along with several different gems. Oh, my stars, what's that? <laughs> oh, my lanta. Wow. Well, see, okay, check this out. He grabs the spyglass and begins to twist it, and it clicks like a music box being wound up. He takes one of the gems and places it into the receptacle of the device and presses a button, you hear the gem shatter inside. 
Different parts of the spyglass begin to vibrate and turn, and he holds it up. And he says, all right, who wants to be the first one to take a look? Gambiata? I'll give it a go if you want to pass it on over. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Pass it to the left. What you see in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just take this. I don't want right. it none. I don't want it none. It ain't natural. Isn't it not natural, though? It is exciting. All right, give it here. Give it here. Trill, Trill, you just please uh, take this uh, off my hands. Oh, God, no. Oh, no. Oh, what is it? Take it out. Get it away. Wait, let Let's me see what I mean. Let me have a look. Read off and try it out. Oh, see what my. you think. What is this place? Y'all ain't seen nothing like this. No, I never. Okay. This is very strange. Let me explain this. So you see these gems here. Each of these stones resonates differently with the music of the spyglass. And what I'm hypothesizing is that it allows us to see past some invisible barrier between our world Ooh. and the one that we're seeing through this spyglass. So, uh, Are you sure about that? That seems a little I don't seem right. out there. It doesn't seem right. You know, I, I thought what we have here on Lirinort is just about what we get. But, you know, considering it, it seems like there's much more out there. I've mm-hmm. tried this only with a handful of stones. Some work, some don't. I, I'm keeping a log, you know, but yeah. here, here, take a look at this one. Yoku takes the device and dumps out the shattered crystal that was inside onto the table, grabs a different gem, puts it in there, twists it. You hear the shattering of that crystal once again and the winding up of the music box style spyglass that he has. And he hands it to Ridava. says, look at this place. It is beautiful. Oh, oh my goodness. I've never seen anything like that in my life. Here, come, come <laughs> on, take, take a look at that. Yeah, all right. Oh, it's a little, yeah, it's nicer. Oh, you're being coy. Come let on. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> I, I, I don't like it. Take it back. Call me on it. Yoku, where, where is this place? What is this place? You know, I don't know. And that is what excites me the most. <laughs> and then the memory fades, the images of those involved in it dispersing into clouds of smoke. And once again, you find your consciousness falling through the void. And it eventually stops once again. Now we are in the second memory. You three are going to be reprising your roles from the first memory. So got it. Same peoples, same characters. We got your notes. Good to go. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully the whole Southern Texas accent is cool. <laughs> like we're, like we're it's thought, canon now. Yeah. Can you know yeah. the light yeah, are so old that like they lose their accents when they come to Earth, and you know helps uh-huh. us kind yes. of settle in a little bit. That's <laughs> what's happening now. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. No, I feel like this is going well as a collaborative kind of world building exercise yeah. so that I don't have to talk at us some more. <laughs> like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Got. Y'all, yeah, y'all yeah. have a little input in it. And uh, speaking of that, we pick up, we see a concerned and annoyed looking Ridaba. She's tapping her foot while standing in the corner of a dimly lit room. She's surrounded by bits of shattered gems that litter the floor of this otherwise empty room. What is taking them so long? This is getting ridiculous, putting themselves in danger like that. I swear if this gets back to the school, that I was part of this, oh, Yoku's going to hear a whole heap of words from me. I, I tell you what, I can't I can't take this anymore. As Ridaba is spouting off about being frustrated, a portal in the center of the room rips open. We see a leaner-looking Yoku run through, his curly red hair stuck to his face with sweat. Close behind him is Kambiata, who is carrying a severely injured Trill. All of their robes are marked with crimson. Kambiata sets Trill down on the ground, cradling his head in their lap. Yoku begins to pace while holding a strange-looking device in his hand. What, what in Altonia's name happened here? What's wrong with Trill? What happened? It's... I don't understand it. It's like it's something 
tore his soul out of him. What do you mean I, tore his soul out of him? He's going to be all right? I, I, don't, I don't know. They didn't want us there and... You know, they who, don't they hey, didn't want you hey, there. What are you talking hey, about? You two, listen. Trill's Trill's gone. <laughs> Trill? No, no, it couldn't be. He, he's gonna regenerate no. like the rest of us. Trill? I don't, I don't think he will this time, Redaba. I think whatever that thing on the other side did to him, that ain't that ain't happening now. Oh wait, but then Trill comes back and he's like, oh no, but I'm not. <laughs> Trill, oh, Trill, oh, you're he, away. He's still I'm, a little, told, alive. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> I told you, Kamiata, we shouldn't have gone. <laughs> and then Trill does. Trill. Wait, oh. is he gone for real? He's really gone now. Yoko, <laughs> you said it was going to be fine. You said everything was going to be okay. Listen, you two, I'm, I'm sorry, okay? I can't control everything that happens. And you knew we were doing something untoward. You knew we were going somewhere strange, somewhere different. You told us this would be safe. Mm-hmm. You lied to us. Listen, if you two can't handle it, if you two are content living with what you know instead of learning what could be out there, then you just sit here. You sit here and I'll do it myself. Yoku, listen to yourself. No. These are your friends. Trill's on the floor dead. Listen, <clears throat> I, I know. And if I could do something about it, I would. But... If that means it can happen to him, that means it can happen to any of us. And if I can go there, they can come here. So you're willing to risk your own life? You're willing to risk my life? Th- this just ain't you. This ain't the Yoku that I love. I, I, I can't I can't go on living knowing that there's more out there. If it costs me my life, then so be it. And if you want to stay, then so be it too. Well, then go on and get. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this doesn't mean a, next time I come back, I can't see y'all. I care about you deeply. Ridaba, I love you. You know I love you, but look what you're doing to us. There are things bigger than us. You're making this decision. I I can't stand by that. Well, somebody's got to make the decision. And he takes the device in his hand, opens a compartment on it, tucks a gem in there, closes it, and flips a switch. It begins to vibrate, and he points it at a wall. And without looking at either of you, he pulls the trigger on the device, and you hear the gem shatter, the fragments scattering on the floor. A portal appears in front of him, and he steps through it, with it closing behind him. The memory fades, the participants dispersing into smoke once again, and you find your consciousness falling through that pit, that void, to the next memory. Man, if only Trill was alive, he'd be like, Ah, oh, jeez, Yoku! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> look, look, Trill! <laughs> there it is! <laughs> Listen, I... I but no, uh, going into this third memory, uh, it's just going to be Allie and me. So, getting into that, we see a spacious parlor with a sitting table, and a much wiser, older-looking Ridaba steps through the door, now wearing an opalescent robe. She carries with her a couple of uh, large tomes. Looks like she is getting ready for a lesson of sorts. All right. I got my notes. I got my assignments. Looking good. Feeling good. (laughs) I just love metric manipulation. Bring on the learning. We see a door nearby begin to creak open slowly. Come on in, kiddos. I'm ready for you. Through the door steps Yoku, wearing a hooded gray cloak that is tattered and torn. He pulls back his hood, revealing a shaved head, illuminated cracks in his skin spiderweb out from his right eye, which swirls with a gray energy. Well, Ridaba, how how have you been? Yoku? Yeah. You looking a little different these days? Uh, Well, you looking like you're different, too. Are you teaching now? I don't really think you need to be asking me anything about myself. What are you doing here? Well, I, I I had to come back and I had to ask you at least one more time if 
if you'd reconsider standing by my side, because I, I think I figured out what we need to do to end all this, the, the battling that's been going on, the, which I, I recognize I started. Y- you know what? Just stop there. Let's do it. I'm with you. Come on. Yeah. Let's make it the team. No, you dumbass. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Listen, I, I, I have a way. I, I, I've been out there. I've been learning. And apparently you have what with your wit. You, you had me there for a moment. Uh, we aren't friends, okay? I'm trying to be in a good mood because I got kids coming in in a minute. And, you, you know, got to have my energy to be up. more than friends. Listen, yeah. I've seen a lot of wonderful things out there. and I'm sure you have, like all the dead people. But none of them match you. <laughs> oh, great. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I know all of your dead friends lying around can't be as good as me. You're, you're in here spewing nonsense, bud. I don't know why you keep doing this. It's never going to happen. I, I just had to ask one more time. You know, I have, a, I have a way of ending this, and I just think that with your help, it would... And this is the best you got? (laughs) Trying to talk me into this? It blows my mind that so many people have decided to follow you because this here's pathetic. Turn around. March out. I don't want to see you anymore. You know, you're the only person who could do this to me. Neither God nor the Ursots could do anything to me, but you you hit me in a way that I've never been hit before. Well, and I'll hit you for real here in a second. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to call the Ursots and have them come get you right now. You know they can't stop me. You know that's not going to happen, Ridaba. You know, you'd have to be able to summon a god to stop me at this point, and I don't think you got it. I mean, I could sure try. And you go on trying if you'd like, or you keep doing what you're doing here. I think at the end of the day, you're going to see what I'm doing. It's for the good of everyone. This isn't a selfish endeavor at all. Oh, right, because Trill dying. Yeah, that wasn't on you. And how about Kambiata? How they doing? Feeling good still about their choices? Well, you know Kambiata thought it was worth it when it came down to it. Uh Uh-huh. And unfortunately, it was worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. I miss Kambiata. And you see Yoku reach into his bag, and he pulls out a single notebook that we saw from the first memory. (gasps) And places it on the table, says, I think Kambiata would want you to have this now that they're no longer with us. You know, I can't say I'm surprised. I figured the moment Kambiata said they were heading out with you, I knew that was the last time I'd be seeing them around. Sacrificing everybody, sacrificing your own people, everything you care about, and and now you're here to try to bring me along. You may have a point, Ridaba. I recognize your voice of reason. But sometimes you have to throw away a reason to be able to achieve what was once thought unachievable. And if you want to sit here and sling insults at me, then so be it. I don't have to sling insults. I'll sling my spit right at your feet. Oh, That's how much I think of you at this point. Very well. There is nothing that you could ever say that would make me think using this wild magic that you found would bring me to your side. Lyarion magic is the only magic I need in my life. Okay. I would say good luck to you, but I really hope you fail, and uh-huh. I really hope you're held accountable for the things that you're out there doing. Well, I might not be able to stop you myself, but at some point somebody's gonna. I can tell you right now, failure is not in the cards. And we see Yoku step to the side. He reaches out. The cracks in his face surge as he grips what seems like nothingness, and he slowly draws back reality like a curtain through which the scenes and sounds of war can be heard. He steps through, and the curtain of reality closes behind him. The memory fades, the images dispersing into smoke yet again. Oof, it's not a Tabitha and Yasha anymore, is it? 
<laughs> Not quite, no. Oh. Allie bringing it as Rita. Uh, I, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so going into this fourth memory, this is pretty much just going to be uh, me kind of lore dumping a little bit just to oh, nice. give you the aspects. So, uh, yeah. Lore classic. Love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Goes down smooth. Lore classic classic. Uh, oh. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So in this memory, in this lore dump memory, Reed Abba is definitely there because that's kind of how you're seeing it. But uh, y'all feel free if you want to interject as audience members, but I don't really have a specific role for you. Roger. Okay. But yeah, let's get into it. So once again, you fall through the void uh, and eventually land in this final memory. You find yourself in the midst of a collapsed throne room, and standing around you are a collection of opalescent robed Lyarions and other beings all gathered around what looks like a gleaming, figureless entity. At the center of this conclave, kneeling before the glowing goddess Altonia, is Yoku. He is shackled to the ground by chains of light that are attached to a large glowing sigil that covers the ground around him. Black and white smoke billows from his body as he breathes heavily. On the perimeter of the inside of the gathering, of course, stands Ridaba, who wears the signs of battle, grief, and anger. Altonia begins to speak. The transgressions have been listed, and you have been tried. What do you have to say in your defense, Yoku? Yoku looks up. I am before you, great Altonia, our creator, like a child before a parent. I sought to learn more than what my realm had to offer. And once I learned of the other planes, I knew there was more to learn than what my people had. There was more we can learn from each other together than apart. And I sought to bring what we know to others and what others know back to my people. But then I met your child, Renat. He didn't like what I was doing, and he stood in the way of my progress. So your son believed in the weak-minded ideal that we were separated for a reason, and he rebuked my offers, violently, I may add. I once believed we were separated to see if we would find a way to come together, and that's originally what set me to task. But I've just learned that there's so much more to it than that. There's other reasons, and the main reason, well, it's you. Explain yourself. What do you mean by this? It's you. You're the reason we're all separated. You're the reason your creations are at war, and it's all because of you, my goddess, because you're a coward. You couldn't. No, no, that's not even right. You wouldn't kill your own brother, Atonus. You hear the entire conclave just gasp in <gasps> unexpected excitement. <laughs> what? Revel, revel, revel. my goodness. Silence. <laughs> no, instead, you imprisoned him and all of us. And I don't know what your issues were with each other, but all Atonus had to do was kill my friend Trill, and I knew then and there that I wanted him dead. So I don't know what your holdup was, and I don't really care at this point, but I knew there was a lot to learn from Atonis before I could enact my revenge. But I never thought I would learn as much as I did. Now see, despite being fenced in and bound to his plane by you, he taught me how I can traverse these barriers without my clumsy devices. He taught me that your barriers actually stifle the abilities of your creations. Now, I don't know if that was intentional or not, and it doesn't really matter at this point because those barriers, they're long gone. We figured out a way to bring down the barriers and to help out all of those that live on the different planes. And that was the plan we devised. We decided we were going to seize Renat's power. I was going to take it from him after I killed him. And together, we removed your barriers. I couldn't believe how easy it was to gain an audience with Renat, even after all the conflict and hot-headedness we had with each other. I'm curious how I was able to do that. Why would he have trusted you after your instigations? 
Well, Atonus taught me something you might recognize, a melody that you two shared, and a melody that you shared with Renat. The same melody that allowed me to gain his trust and earn that audience with him. And you see Yoku at this point, he sheds the chains effortlessly and brings out a lyre, oh. and he begins to perform a song. What we're going to do now is we're going to roll some chord dice because you bards are going to write that song. (laughs) Let's get to it. Oh, boy. Uh, There you have it. (laughs) So, Atonis is what you said? Yes. Okay. Brother God. Unknown brother God. (laughs) All these sibling (laughs) reveals. I know, right? (laughs) Okay. So, I guess, before we even decide major minor mode, I mean, Kyle, was the song, like, you know, kind of sad? A jaunty little... (laughs) Yeah, just a jaunty, happy tune. Sure. Uh, Like, hey, we get along and have a great time as a family. We go Clearly. No, you know, like, something with a little bit of longing to it, but also like familiar. There's a familiarity. Okay. A familial familiarity. Uh-huh. Familial. Bittersweet kind of vibe, Kyle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, well, you, you know what that means. I smell Dorian. I smell Dorian too. <laughs> <laughs> so stanky. Oh, uh, real quick. I was going to say, you don't need to worry about drums for this one since it's just Yoku. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Okay. Yokuna liar. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let me roll up the key. It'll be a four, which is E flat. Oh, Kyle, your favorite. That's such a good one. E flat, Dorian. And that means we will have one, four, and seven. So that would be E flat minor, A flat major, and D flat major. So there you go. I guess just to recap so this is a song that Yoku is performing for Altonia and her court. And Altonia knows this song. Yes. It's been a long time coming. An oldie but a goodie, I guess. Yeah, and Atonis taught it to Yoku. So that's how Yoku knows it. Right. And Yoku played it to Renat to gain his trust and an audience with Renat. Yes. And more after the song you'll learn. Uh. <laughs> Secrets. Okay. So. All right, sweet. Y'all get to writing. And for those of you at home, I'll talk to you in a second. Hey everyone, it's your Dungeon Maestro Kyle here. Just wanted to give you that big thank you for joining us like you do every time. And also thank you for uh, chilling with me in this middle bit section. I have a good time with it. I hope you all do too. Speaking of a good time, I'm excited to get to tell you about today's sponsor, which is a podcast called Twilight Histories. Now, I listened to this right off the bat and I was just like, oh, Twilight Zone. And that's exactly what they're going for. I listened to an episode where they were trying to basically keep World War I from happening and And the way they drew me right in, put me into it, immersed me by speaking to the listener as if they were playing at a table in D&D. So immediately I was just like, yes, it was great. So you're going to hear a little bit more about it from them. So check this out real quick. You love role-playing, science fiction, and history. What if there was a podcast that brought all these things you love together in a deep, dramatic experience you'll never forget? Enter The Twilight Histories, a campaign-style storytelling podcast that casts you as the hero. With The Twilight Histories, you will travel to exotic worlds spread across the multiverse. Some are familiar, others are totally exotic. You'll visit Egypt locked in an ice age. You'll follow Napoleon into India. You'll explore Venus terraformed by dinosaurs. Choose your adventure and experience a world out of time. 
The Twilight Histories was awarded Apple's Best of 2019. Listen to The Twilight Histories wherever you find your podcasts. Now, step on the platform and let's get you on your way. Yeah, you should check this podcast out. You get immersive stories that cast you as the hero. Great team of storytellers and podcasters, and they've been around for a decade. So they got a good amount of content there for you. So go ahead and head on over, check them out, Twilight Histories, wherever you get podcasts. All right, now on to other business because it is the holiday season, which means Die Hard Dice is doing a holiday promo. You know that 10% that you normally get for using the code BARDCORE at checkout? Well, guess what? Now through December 20th, you're going to get an extra 5% off. That's right. Count it. 1-5-15% off your order when you use the code BARDCORE at checkout. So go and you know what? Don't get yourself dice. Get someone else dice. Who in your life do you know needs dice? Who in your life do you know that they don't know that they need dice? Head on over to Die Hard Dice and score them up some of those clickety-clackety math rocks. And don't forget to use that code BARDCORE at checkout to save yourself 15%. Other than that, our upcoming schedule is episode 81, which will be out on November 30th, and then episode 82, which is going to drop on December 14th. Now... Oh, something fuzzy on my microphone got in my nose, but it's fine. But that's it. Besides the normal uh, biz that I got going on, which is our social media at BombardedCast, hashtag BardCast, BombardedCast.com for the website, and Patreon.com forward slash BombardedCast are all of our little extra bardic tidbits that you may enjoy. Thank you to my Patreon producers, Jake Bianchi, K-Best, Kelvin Horatio, and Pat Tang Bizgar. To all of you out there in the podverse tuning in and checking out what we're doing, Thank you again. Now, let's get back to whatever it is that Yoku's up to, right? I don't know. I'll talk to y'all later. Yoku begins to strum upon his lyre and eventually opens his mouth to sing. And when he does, a symphony of voices erupt forth, generating this song that we now hear.
The sounds of the song ring out until silence hits the entire courtroom. Altonia shifts uneasily. Yoku finally puts his lyre away, goes back to his knees, putting the shackles back on his wrist. (laughs) (laughs) Now, my goddess, at the same time, this is the melody I used to summon Atonus to my side when the time was right. That is how your son met his end. Atonus and I fought together to kill Renat, but I admit to dealing the killing blow. After taking Renat's power from myself, Atonus and I went to removing your barriers. And after that, we were a little tired, but I found it the time to confront Atonus about killing my friend Trill. Of course, he said he thought you finally had the gumption to send someone to kill him, so he decided to attack first. Atonus's last words were the last lesson I took from him, so I attacked first, for revenge and for the power he wielded. Now, all of you may see me as some kind of criminal, but I'm a uniter, a collector of thoughts, emotions, feelings, and ideals. I brought more together than I ever tore apart. You three, inside of Ridaba, feel this emotion stirring up. You hear in your mind, just like, you're none of those things. You're so far from that. How dare you claim to be those things? But you stifle your voice, considering who you're in the presence of in the setting that you're in. Yoku looks over at you, Ridaba, says, I may have sacrificed my morals, but I did that for the ones I love and the Lyarions of Lyranort. I did this for all the people I have not yet met and for the people I will never meet. And then he kind of cocks his head as he's looking at Ridaba. He says, And you, whoever, wherever, whenever you are, know that I did this for you too. Why? He looks back at Altonia. While I believe this whole effort is bigger than me, I also believe I was the only one who could achieve it. That being said, I ask for no sympathy. I've sparked a new age, and the warmth of that fire will be felt by all throughout time and space. If you choose to end my life as recompense for my actions, then so be it. I await your judgment, my goddess. Altonia begins to speak, saying, Yoku, for the murder of my son Renat, the war you brought on his people, and the defilement of both Lirinort and Glonsreich through your actions... I banish and confine you and these planes to a lost demiplane, originally crafted to be able to take care of my now departed brother. But it will be used as your personal jail for all eternity. You will float in the astral sea. Your life will meet no end there. You will be stripped of all knowledge and cast into this pit of despair to contemplate that which you can no longer fathom. Speak your final words if you have any. Ridaba actually steps up and begins to say, Altonia, we ask that you free the planes of Yoku's existence, nullify his effect (laughs) on your creations, and restore things to their natural order. Flawless. (laughs) Altonia puts up a hand, and Ridaba falls silent. Yoku clears his throat. He says, just remember, all of you remember, there is more. There is more. Altonia waves her hand, and in an instant, everyone but Yoku is encased in a golden glow. The sigil beneath Yoku transmutes into a black and gray swirling tesseract that causes a gravity well, and it begins to draw in the world around it. Yoku stands above it, wisps of his essence are peeling away from him, forming arcs that careen toward the tesseract. The realization of his punishment begins to set in as he begins to look concerned. No, I I can't be done. 
Not like this. There is more. No, this, this won't be my end. The glow of his skin and the billowing smoke begins to fade and become muted. He starts to scream with anger in his eyes as they beam with gray energy. And a vantablack shroud begins to cover the skin around his eyes and spread outward, covering his entire body. He says, this isn't how this ends. There is more. The Tesseract continues to draw in the world around him faster and faster. It is mere seconds before the edge of Glonsreich can be seen sinking into the void. At the edges, as if stitched to Glonsreich itself, is Lirinort. The vast landscape and majestic cities that filled it are swept into the well that the Tesseract floats in. As the plane collapses in on this point, Yoku begins to look around and his anger turns to confusion. As the last bits of Lirinort is drawn into the Tesseract, we see Yoku's image begin to stretch and distort as he is being drawn in as well. He begins screaming one phrase over and over, which devolves and is morphed by the drawing in, sounding almost slurred. There is more. 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 There is more.